Yeah, my personal record book. If this makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. I'm eating a cold cut sandwich. You found the Crowley Show. Well, your mom listens and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow us on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Here's the deal. We do the show a little bit differently around here than some other places in town, some other shows in town, all the shows in town. In fact, all the shows throughout the country. I just, I'm not going to treat sports radio like it's this cathedral, this altar that needs to be bowed down to. So if I'm a little late getting into a segment because I'm eating a sandwich, tough. Tough. If I burp, I'll try to make sure I do it off the air. But sometimes you can't help it. If I cough, I'm going to cough. You want to know why? You want to know why I'm going to sneeze and cough and burp and fart? On the radio. Because these are all things I do in real life. These are all things I do not in front of a microphone. I drink, I swear, I can't swear. I like the job too much to swear and get in trouble there. But I'm going to be exactly me on the air, just like I'm going to be me when I'm off the air. I think that's what the listener deserves. I think the listener deserves me. They don't deserve a fake, a phony. Look at the local TV people. There's some really good ones. I don't know any of them enough to be like, oh, that guy sucks as a human being. I really don't. I also know Albie Oxenreiter, very good guy. Uh, I think that there are a number of good people. Guy Junker in TV news these days. That all being said, what a stuffy profession. I ain't going to wear a suit and have to alter my voice. Coming up tonight at 11 o'clock on Channel 12 News. I'm not going to fake it for you. So if I'm eating a sandwich, I'm eating a sandwich. If I'm burping, I'm burping. If I'm farting, I'm farting. That's life. Suck it up. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. You're lucky to be Penns fans. I know. What an old recycled topic. Of course we're lucky to be Penns fans. They won the championship for two years in a row. Bleepity bleepity blue. I'm not talking about just that. Think about all the other franchises around the National Hockey League right now. Panarin might have to be traded. So the Blue Jackets, a team that has never won more than two games in a playoff series in their team's history, might lose their best player and their only scorer. Ottawa got rid of Hoffman. Now are they going to get rid of John Carlson? No, but that's because they have Eric Carlson. Tavares may well wind up with the Islanders, but who knows for sure? I think he wants to bounce. Carolina's going to blow it up. Pittsburgh is not a destination city in real life. It's a good place to live, but I don't think kids in California are saying to themselves, oh, we got to move out to Pittsburgh. I don't think people are saying, I live in Toronto, I'd like to move to Pittsburgh and see what it's like. I don't think people in Denver or in Miami, Florida are saying, ah, it's time to move to Pittsburgh. 
But in the National Hockey League, I think that's absolutely what's happened. Pittsburgh is a destination. It's modern hockey royalty. It is the pinnacle. Crosby and Malkin are paid less than market value. They should be max players. They're not. And that saved the Penguins about $6 million or so dollars every year against the cap. That's almost Kessel's salary. It's a huge chunk of Latang's. It's more than Broussard makes. Pittsburgh is a destination. Sure, Phil Kessel's had enough of Mike Sullivan, but the Penguins will fill his slot if he gets moved. But being an Islanders fan would suck. The Rangers missed their window. Columbus has never won more than two games in a playoff series in their franchise's history. Tampa's always a win away from the Cup. The Panthers are always a win away from making the playoffs. The Leafs, they haven't won since 1967. They were an utter disappointment this last year. Montreal's being run so amateurly that you'd think it was Ottawa. And don't get me started on Buffalo. Ooh. I love the Stanley Cup playoffs, but a close second is this time period. And especially for Penguins fans. Realize this, Pittsburgh, that not every franchise around the National Hockey League's fans are all that fired up right now. They're not. What do you think they're thinking in Ottawa? Uh, well, we were... A knuckleball puck away from going to the Stanley Cup final. Who knows what happens then? And now we're getting rid of all of our best players. What do you think about the Rangers? What do you think their fans are thinking right now? Well, we had Henrik Lundqvist. We had the best skating forwards in the game for a long period of time. We weren't able to capitalize on that at all. How do you think Buffalo fans feel? We suck. There's not really much else to say. We suck. Well, here, let's amend it. We suck and we're paying Jack Eichel $10.5 million a year. That's how they have to think. Good player. That good? Eh, eh, probably not. It's great right now to be a Penguins fan. The Penguins are connected to everyone. Their general manager is going to do everything he can to get in on everyone. It's as close as the sports world gets tabloid rumors, and the Penguins are front and center, front page, every damn player that's mentioned. Go back through the years. Parise and Suter, Yamir Yager, Marion Hossa, Phil Kessel, all linked to the Penguins. Phil Kessel came. Hossa, well, not so much. They got Hossa before that, though, at the trade deadline. Think about this time of the year for Penguins fans. Think about this time of the year for Jim Rutherford. Jim Rutherford has gone out and made trades 70% of all of the draft days he's been a part of. Last year it was Reeves. Blah. But it was fun. I'm refreshing Twitter left and right as Jason Mackey and Josh Yowie are competing on who can tweet first about whether or not Jim Rutherford's peeing next to the general manager of the St. Louis Blues. Something's going to happen on Friday. And we're going to speculate up until then because it's fun. And as I said to open up the segment, I don't take this as seriously as a lot of people do that bow down to the altar of sports who say, I'm a journalist. No, you're not. You're a sports writer. There is a difference. And I respect a hell of a lot of sports writers. But most of them aren't changing the world. Most of them are making your day better every single day. And that's what we try to do on this show. So I will entertain rumor. I will entertain innuendo. That's what we do. We have fun that way. And we'll talk about it. Tomorrow's my last show before Friday. I'm not going to get to break down the draft as much as I'd like to before then. 
But anything that comes across our plate, anything that we hear connecting the Penguins to player A, B, C, or D, we are going to tell you about because it's just fun. I remember one of the Pens blog dudes back, what, a decade ago-ish, talking about Yager Watch and how Yager's plane got delayed coming to the States because there were turtles on the runway at JFK. That's what this is all about. That is awesome. Turtles getting slaughtered so that a high-priced Slovakian hockey player can get his ass to hit Pittsburgh. Wound up being Philadelphia. That part did suck. Parise and Suter seriously considered the Penguins. Parise wanted to play closer to home. They wanted to play together. Made it fun. Now you hear the Penguins connected to John Tavares, and I don't think that there's more than a puncher's chance that, that would happen, and I, in fact, think that's a little much. Josh Joey came on yesterday, said he'd give it a 1% to a 5% chance. But you're saying there's a chance. And there's not one at some of these cities that I've mentioned before. I think New Jersey Devils fans got to be pretty happy right now. They've got Ray Shero. He helped the Penguins win a championship. They underachieved on the ice at times in his direction. I think he's a hell of a general manager. But now they're going to kind of experience what Penguins fans have experienced for so long with him and now with Jim Rutherford, which is anything can happen. The difference being Ray Sherrill will just come out of the dark and just, whoa, I can't believe that happened. He never said anything. How did that go down? Meanwhile, Jim Rutherford's like, oh, I need a big, strong guy who's going to beat people up. Ryan Reeves. Yeah, we need more goals. He gets Phil Kessel. Yeah, we need a third-line center. Well, it's Derek Broussard. I think Penguins fans need to realize just how different this market is for hockey than other markets. Right now, it's the golden age of Penguins hockey. And with all due respect to Mario Lemieux for his time, this is the golden age. They can get whoever they want to add to two of the top five players in the game. Two of the top three players of a generation. Now, they can't get whoever, whoever they want. But you understand what I'm saying. Jim Rutherford can get exactly which player he targets. He went to Broussard, he got Broussard. If he didn't get Broussard, he would have gotten Statsny, or he would have gotten Michael Grabben. He gets who he wants. There will be a new Penguin come Friday, June 22nd. Question is, how many Penguins are going to have to be gone in order to make that happen? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. It's not just this hockey market being different from other hockey markets, but this hockey team is different than the Pirates and the Steelers as well. They don't take part in this free agency nonsense. They don't take part in the trade battle right before free agency or in that time period. They've made moves. Jeff Hardings, Farrier, Kevin Green. They've made moves. But not the same frequency that the Penguins do, and it wouldn't behoove them to do it. The Pirates never make those moves, and that's because they just refuse to do it. But that makes it more fun because you've only got one out of your three teams that's going to go for it all the time in this fashion. And I think the economics of hockey make it easier. There's so much cash thrown around in football, and the Steelers decide they want to sign their good players long-term as opposed to bring in somebody else's old good player for more money than they need spent. Pirates just aren't going to do it. But the Penguins are the only team that gives you this guilty pleasure. So enjoy it. I love this time. And we're going to keep talking about it with Tim Benz tomorrow at 5 o'clock here on the Crowley Show. And we'll do so a little bit next 
with Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And I almost did a bad thing there. Went in autopilot for half a second. I always say Jerry Dulek from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network. Yeah, it's just Jason Mackey from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. But you can catch him right here on the ice. What do they call the show? That's the show I used to do. Around the board. Along, Along the board. Ah, for the love of God. Go to break. Mackey's next. ESPN Pittsburgh. Phil Mickelson no longer has to be stoned. Phil Mickelson no longer has to be flogged. He no longer has to be tied to a camel that's going to run down the street. He no longer has to be set down in the electric chair or given the lethal injection because Phil Mickelson has apologized for the greatest offense that I've ever seen take place in a sporting event. He says, quote, I know this should have come sooner, but it's taken me a few days to calm down. My anger and frustration got the best of me last weekend. I'm embarrassed and disappointed by my actions. It was clearly not my finest moment, and I'm sorry. End quote. What he said on Saturday was this, quote, It's meant to take advantage of the rules as best you can. In that situation, I was just going back and forth. I would gladly take the two shots over continuing that display. How can you not laugh? It's funny. I didn't have a problem with what he said on Saturday. Don't have a problem with what he said today. I do think he missed an opportunity on Saturday, though, to just say I got frustrated. He never said that on Saturday. He never said, ah, I hate this. I'm frustrated. It sucked. It was a bad day for me. No, he said he tried to screw with the rules there. But I'll forgive him. I'll absolve him. No more electric chair. No more euthanasia for Mr. Phil Mickelson. We flip back to hockey, though, because that's what you people care about. The trade deadline is long gone, but free agency starts on June 1st. July 1st. June 1st, also long gone. And the draft is this Friday. Joining us now to discuss is Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And along the boards, Mackey, how are you today? Doing great, Mr. Crowley. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to hear from you. Do you get more clicks on your stories now or during the postseason? Ooh, buddy. That's, uh, it depends on what level of the postseason. I mean, once you get to the Stanley Cup, obviously that's going to supersede all. But it is funny that you, you basically sneeze into a keyboard and people are going to read it at this point. <laughs> but, I mean, the, I, I laugh at that, but it should never dictate how we do our job, and it doesn't. I mean, uh, you know, I don't care who who we're talking about here. The Post Gazette, the Trib, DK, the Athletic doesn't matter. I mean, they're all professional out, out, outlets, and nobody is doing anything for clickbait. I do, I do hate that idea. I mean, we're all sniffing around the same stuff, talking to a lot of the same people, and you know, sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't, sometimes the other guy gets it, but we're not. None of us are doing things thinking, "Oh my God, I just hope they click on that," and that's that's not it. No, and that's a really good distinction to, to make. That's not what I meant, but I, I do think that uh, it is. That's important. all right. I had to get on my soapbox. For a no, second. no, I, I no, I understand, life. and and I think that that's a. I think that's a really good point by you. Uh, it sounds like, uh, according to Mister Joshua or uh, Mister uh, Jason Mackey, 
Joshua Mackey. Jason Mackey. What did, I, what, what did I call you the first time I had you on the show? I called you something weird. I thought you called me Josh, to be honest. It might have been I Josh. Josh. I've gotten a lot of my life Kevin. I have no idea why. Josh was a new one. Hmm, Josh. It might have been James. Regardless, you're my friend. Oh, yeah. I think it was James, actually. Yeah. Yeah, all you James names. They sound yeah, nice like. work. Yeah. Uh, Jason Mackey joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Jack Johnson, you expect to uh, get a look from the Penguins, huh? I do. I do. And that was something, you know, a lot of this stuff, too, like you hear things and people come to you with things. Like I I didn't even seek out the Jack Johnson thing. And, you know, somebody brought it to me and and you sort of go through your channels of, hey, is this BS or is this legitimate? And then, you know, you know enough people to figure out which way the wind's blowing and, um, so, yeah, I expect them to take a look at it. Do I expect the Penguins to be able to sign Jack Johnson or want to sign Jack Johnson? I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm, I'm not so sure it's the best fit they could find. Um, I think he's going to be looking to make a decent buck because of some stuff personally with him and also his age and, and whatever. And I think there might be some teams willing to pay him. It's just the Penguins aren't really in a situation to do that. Um, now, if the Penguins are able to unload a contract or two, as I wrote, and um, you know, get enough money to get close, I think Johnson would take less to play here. I think the idea of playing with Crosby on a cup-contending team is very much um, something he wants to do. I just I question whether the Penguins, and given their cap situation and lack of flexibility, will ever even be able to get in the same ballpark as what he might get elsewhere. Jason Mackey joining us here on the Crowley Show. Do you think that the blue line is the priority, or do you think getting a little bit deeper, perhaps on uh, left wing, is the priority for the Penguins? Yeah, I, Jim Rutherford keeps using the word balance, um, and I keep taking that to mean they would like to shore up sort of some of the, the depth positions. I mean, look, Chris Letang isn't getting traded. They don't need to trade Brian Dumoulin. You have Justin Schultz, who's a great second-pairing guy, and I have no problem playing only modic significant minutes. What we're talking about here defensively is five and six. And then the same thing with the forwards, really, if you go down the list and Crosby, Gensel, Hornquist, Malk, and Kessler, I mean, there's five or six right there, top six, throw in Hagelin and Rust. I mean, we're talking about the depth spots. Here, so uh, you know, a depth D is somebody I, I'm convinced and and know because Rutherford said it that they're going to add. Um, do they add a forward? I think it would have to be really the right deal. I don't think that's something they're as intent doing as adding on defense. Um, I think forward, they think they can bring up Zach Aston Reese, commit to him. You know, maybe Dominic Simone gets better. Obviously, we know about Daniel Sprong and Rutherford wanting him to be in the lineup. I don't think that's as big of a concern about adding somebody to the forward group. Uh, it's interesting, and Jason Mackey again joining us here on the Crowley Show. The first segment, I said that this is a great time of the year for Penguins fans because whether or not the Penguins are going to get all these players that are rumored to be going to the Penguins, at least they're rumored to be in on conversations. I think the Tavares stuff's a little bit ridiculous, but that being said, at least they get to read about and dream about for maybe a minute Tavares coming to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Does that make things more difficult on you, though, uh, as a beat writer, that I'm sure that you're having to chase a hundred different things because Jim Rutherford's probably checking in on everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess it makes our job a little bit harder. And I don't, I, mean, I don't mean that. I don't mean that to sound as though it's a pain, though. You know what I mean? 
Right. No, no. And I'm trying to try, draw that distinction, too. I love my job. I'll never sit here and publicly complain about my job and, and whatever. I mean, it's awesome. But does that require more work for me? Yes. I mean, Jim is a – but it's different, too, because there's a lot of GMs that just aren't accessible. You know, they live in, in a different world than you. And, like, if you would text them about something, you know, something you hear, for instance, uh, it's not uncommon for me to text Rutherford and say, you know, yay or nay, and he returns your text. I mean, there are times where Jim can't say anything. There are times where Jim doesn't want to say anything. But he's very communicative with those of us who cover his team. He insists on that. And so, yeah, I mean, they're active. He checks on a lot of things. They do their due diligence. Um, you know, they know how to improve their team, and they're going to spend every dollar they can. But your trade-off for that is getting a general manager and, and staff, too. I mean, I should say it that way, that um, they're very cooperative. They're not going to spill state, state secrets or something like that. But they understand the role of the media, and that much is very, really, really appreciated by all of us. You talked about how much he makes moves on draft day and in the immediate aftermath uh, today and what you wrote. So if you had to handicap it, if you had to set a percentage of whether or not a deal gets done on Friday or in day two of the draft, what would you set that percentage as? I mean, if you're going to give me either day as a window and not make me narrow it down to one or the other, I mean, I think it's, you know, we're probably somewhere between 75 and 100 that Jim does something. I'm serious. I'm serious. I mean, I think at this point the only reason Jim hasn't done anything and and maybe the only hang-up in those two days could be the offer that he's fielding for those players he's peddling. Um, You know, Jim's going to go to the draft and um, trying to – unload Matt Hunt with Connor Sherry, um, see what he can get for Carl Hagelin. You know, we, we know the list. I'm sure you talk about the list quite a bit. And it's just, you know, I, I think the only impediment here is if he gets a bunch of crap offers for guys, then he's going to keep them. But, I mean, Jim is open for business. Outside of Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Murray, um, he's very much looking to uh, tweak some things, make his team better, and doesn't feel any sort of like, oh, my God, I have to keep this thing together sort of loyalty he's he's looking to do a few things and when jim does that they generally get done i'd imagine if phil kessel's move then the free agent market opens up a little bit for the penguins but if he's not uh, or they don't move any other significant salaries off the books it, it seems like more things are going to get done via trade than in free agency yeah and it, it has to i mean there's just no cap space I talked to Jim about that yesterday, and, and you know, the cap went up a, a pretty decent amount, pretty much what the Penguins were expecting, but they also have a lot of RFAs that they need to re-sign, and they're NHL-level guys who are going to take up a good amount of that money. Um, so, you know, the cap going up doesn't really give the Penguins a free $5 million. That's not how it's going to work. Um, but, yeah, Adam, to your point, it, the only way they're going to free themselves up to do anything in free agency or a trade or whatever they have to send dollars out, and I think that's going to be easier said than done on a lot of guys. And you know, I, I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh love Phil Kessel, and understandably so. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but you know, he's he's into his 30s. He is somewhat limited in terms of an all-around or all-around contributions. Um, you know, I don't want to say baggage, but he certainly comes with um, a little bit extra that you want to look at in terms of how he fits into your team structure, and so. And for that reason, and the fact that Jim doesn't really feel like he has to trade him, I just don't think that that sort of move is terribly likely. And I think you're probably, again, looking at a Connor Sherry or Matt Hunwick as a more logical trade candidate. Jason Mackey, Post-Gazette, joining us here on the Crowley Show. 
I asked this question on the show yesterday. I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Jason. Uh, I do think that it was subconscious, but I think the Penguins were lacking the motivation that, say, the Washington Capitals had this year. And I wonder if, A, you agree with that, and then the second part would be, if they were lacking that to an extent, is the solution just adding a little bit of new blood, or is the solution just simply not having won the Cup last year and now being motivated to win it again? Yeah, I mean, for the first part of that, Adam, I do agree with you. I think that was, um, you know, they won the first one. That speaks for itself. The second one, there was so much of, so much talk of no teams going back-to-back in the salary cap era, Detroit this, Detroit that. And then for the third year, it was almost like, you know, what they come up with, like three leaves or something? Like, it, just, it, it wasn't as much of a thing. Um, you know, and it was, it was so much of a different group. There was so much turnover, losing veteran guys or whatever. Um, yeah, I think there's a couple things, you know, with them still being in it. I mean, one, they're still a very good team. Two, I think, you know, they're pissed. <laughs> I can't yeah. think of a more complicated way of saying it, but like, how are you not pissed? You know, you go back to back, you're a really good team, and you get bounced by your arch nemesis who can never beat you in the playoffs, and they do it in the second round. I mean, I, I'd be pretty pissed if I was a player there, and so I think there's a little bit of that. And I also think that, you know, they'll, they'll theoretically will bring in a little bit of new blood, and anytime you get guys like that, and also some of the new faces now who haven't been a part of one of their cup winning teams, there's going to be a lot of urgency there. There are not a lot of guys on that team that can say they've been around for, you know, both cup runs anymore. As crazy as that sounds, but, um, you know, there's a lot of motivation the Penguins will have next season. Jason, is Jim Rutherford going to have to be forced into moving Phil Kessel because of the disagreements between Kessel and the head coach? No, 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 no. Playing enough for you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you're, you're leaving some things up for interpretation there. Oh, boy. No, no. I mean, it, it, Rutherford is a weird animal, man. And I can tell you this. That nobody's going to tell him what to do. No coach, no player. I mean, he's going to do the best thing because he wants to win. Uh, but I don't think we're in a situation where this is, like, debilitating in any way, shape, or form. Um I think I've, I've told you this before, but I mean, Jim and I got a pretty good laugh about the whole like disagreement in sports things anyway. Um, and he, he loves to razz me about like playing college baseball or playing sports or whatever. And so we were just talking about that, like how common it is for you to disagree with a coach. And I'm not saying there wasn't an agree, a disagreement or there wasn't, you know, different opinions with Kessel and Sullivan. I mean, Phil wanted to play with Geno, Sullivan wanted them on separate lines. Sullivan wanted more out of Phil. Phil, you know, was kind of dozy going around or whatever. Um, but it happens, and I, I don't think there's going to be a problem in the world if, if Rutherford doesn't trade Kessel, which he would only do to better the team. If they go back to training camp and Kessel's still around, there's no issue. These guys will put it behind them. They'll be fine. I've asked you all of these questions probably within the last month, but the closer and closer we get to the draft, the – more I feel like I'm going to need to ask them because things change from time to time and information changes the closer we get to, uh, you know, ground zero. So do you think that now Tristan Jari is a legitimate trade option for the Penguins? I do, Adam. I, I do. because One of the reasons I'm, I keep bringing up Hunwick and Cherry and, and these deals that they would need to make to send dollars out to bring dollars in. And, I mean, these aren't terribly enticing deals. 
you know, Matt Hummel is not coming off a great year. Connor Sherry, you know, had a 20 goal season, barely, um, what four and 44 was one of the stretches he had, didn't do anything in the playoffs, had some limitations. I mean, these are guys that they certainly have their shortcomings. And so to make this stuff happen, you're going to have to give the opposing team something they might want. And Jari is that to me. I mean, he is a legitimate future number one. Um, I don't see him as a backup whatsoever. So if they would move Jari in order to kind of sweeten the pot with the Hunwick thing or a Sherry thing or even Hagelin, um, I wouldn't be surprised in the least. And I think there's a pretty good market for Tristan Jari should the Penguins decide to do it. This is putting you out there on an island, but you are very good at what you do. I live on an island, my friend. Yeah. All right. Let's get it then. Give me a name. Give me one guy you think is a possible target. How about that? One guy. Um, can you get, be a little bit more specific? No, via, via trade. Via trade. Oh, man. It's a, it's a lot harder than free agency. Although, I just don't see that happening. I keep going back to Michael Grabner as the guy I want to see in free agency, but I don't know how realistic that is. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what the market is for him. I know the Penguins love him. They'd love to add him. Um, but you're also putting me on the spot with a trade, and I can't go free agency. If it was free agent, I'd probably say like a John Moore, Calvin DeHaan type, yeah. uh, you know, number five, number six. I guess I'll go off the board, and uh, JVR is one that I could Whoa. see potentially fitting in the top nine wing role. Uh, it, I, I don't know if it really addresses – it might create more problems than it solves, but um, would look good in the Penguins uniform. Would, would give them some stuff that they could use. I just, again, I don't know if that's affordable. I don't know if it's reasonable um, or whatever. So, it's, yeah. Well, it's a game. Well, where, it's a game we're all playing right now. It just it, no, I don't, and I don't blame you. I don't no. blame you. That's fun. Jason, Josh, James, Kevin, appreciate you taking the time today, buddy. You got it, Bill. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Yeah, be careful out there. You're going to Dallas, huh, I assume. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Heading out tomorrow, man. Heading out tomorrow. Have some barbecue in me within hours. Driving? Uh, <laughs> driving. <laughs> Flying, my friend. Staying downtown. There's a nice little media gathering tomorrow night. Dallas is a good road city. I'm looking forward to it. First class? Yeah. Do I fly any other way? Yeah, the pilot. <laughs> Be safe, buddy. Have fun. Thanks for the time. All right. Thank you. Jason Mackey, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Coming up next, see how it is taking the day, which is not going to be fun, to be honest. It's other crap, and it's the three stars of the show. It's ESPN Pittsburgh. I saw that Alan Saunders tweeted out about the WRC Plus for Sean Rodriguez, who's in the lineup tonight. It's 167. Kind of making excuses for him being in the lineup. That's all that is. There's no good reason for him to be in the lineup. So anything that makes his presence in the lineup seem acceptable is, just by definition, an excuse. And this happens all the time with Allen and with Tim Williams and guys like that. And look, I like Allen. He's a really good worker. Uh, he's been on the show a number of times. Funny guy, nice guy, woke guy. I like him. But come on! Also, this just in some breaking news. Jung Ho Gung's wrist is hurt! 
so much for adding, huh, Neil Huntington? Because you know that's what he was talking about. We're gonna be getting, we're gonna be getting Jung Ho Gung back. Well, we're gonna be good then. He's gonna hit some bombs. He's gonna play shortstop at times instead of Sean Rod. I'd rather have Jung Ho Gung with a busted up wrist in there than Sean Rodriguez. Sean Rodriguez can't feel anymore either. And I feel bad for the guy because a lot of this stems, I think, from the injury he sustained in the car crash, but you're also paying him $6 million. You know what I say to that guy when Jung Ho Gung comes up? Latest on the men, Jake. I love you, man. All right, I'm not looking forward to this, but I have to do my civic duty. As a member of the pseudo-media, it's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> I feel like you have to preface something like this so that you don't get crushed on the other side. I don't so much care about getting crushed, but I do care about not sensationalizing any of these things or making any of these things bombastic talking points as opposed to what it needs to be, which is something that we're all discussing today. So... I'll just say this. My cousin's a cop, and I love him, and he is a good dude. And there are a lot of good cops, mostly good cops. Think about 9-11, everything that they had to go through, all the people that they saved. Not all cops are bad. That being said, what happened in East Pittsburgh yesterday was a travesty. And I just saw the video. Bo Berman from WTAE posted it, and it's two young black men running away from police officers as they're shot at. And one died, 17 years old. His back is turned to police officers. This isn't a political show, and this isn't politics. This is right and wrong. Wrong is shooting at anybody using deadly force when there's no imminent threat to your well-being. And when two men are running away from you, there's no threat to your well-being. Absolutely not. And it happens every day in the country. A lot of the times it's caught on video. A lot of the times it's not. Either way, though, not enough happens to change it the police officer got leave don't know if it's paid don't know if it's unpaid all we know is he got leave and far too often that happens and then far too often after that comes the police officers the unions all standing behind them saying it's a tough job and it is a tough job but if there's a bad radio host i say he's bad radio host Uh, if there's a bad bus driver i'm sure bus drivers say oh that guy's terrible driver When a cop doesn't do his job well, you don't all have to stand in line and defend that guy. In fact, for your well-being and for the betterment of your profession, these are the people who need to be thrown out. These are the people who need to go to jail so that accountability can reign as opposed to black men and black children falling on the streets. Because paid leave isn't enough of a reason for somebody to think and stop. It's just not. I mean, I couldn't imagine pulling a trigger on somebody running away from me anyhow, but paid leave ain't going to change the way these guys act. Prison time will, and not enough do we find prison time. And that video is pretty damn clear to me. I don't really think we should do all the crap. I don't know what you do from there. We have to, though. Woo! Other crap. Cubs closer Brandon Morrow hurt his back taking off his pants. I hope he feels better tomorrow. Woo! Other crap. Did you see that handheld Fortnite 
netted $100 million in its first month. Yeah, I thought that was going to take about two weeks. Woo! Other crap. That's a fortnight. Woo! Other crap. That's how long it took me to get that joke out. Woo! Other crap. Did you see that Eddie Vedder lost his voice? Yeah, I hope Eddie feels better tomorrow. Woo! Other crap. I hope he's Eddie Vedder tomorrow. Woo! Other crap. I hope he's Eddie Better tomorrow. Woo! Other crap. It's been 500 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Tonight's third star of the show, producer Tom. Hey! Through the perilous fight over the ramparts we watch. It was so gallant. Oh, oh, oh. Tonight's second star of the show, Adam Crowley. Former Steeler Charles Woodson. It was Rod Woodson. Too many Woodsons. Woodsons all look alike. And tonight's first star of the show, Harry Potter and the NHL! I think Artemi Panarin is the hockey name that sounds most like a Harry Potter spell. Artemi Panarin! Ilya Brzezgorov! Ron Tugna. That is the wizarding masturbation spell. Miku Kuevu! You want to play the game the other way? Which Harry Potter spells could be hockey players? And now Crosby walks in on the left wing. He passes it over to Adam Akadavra. That was a good show. Who let the dogs out? Tomorrow on the program, who the hell cares? I'm on vacation Friday. I know Tim Benz is on at 5. I'm going to ask everybody that I like to join the show tomorrow. Everybody I've ever asked to be on the show will be asked, and we'll try to fit them all in. In fact, oh, that's a great idea. Four minutes a guest. All right, let me work on it, people. Let me work on it. I'll figure it out. We'll make it work. That's tomorrow. Fifteen guests in three hours on ESPN Pittsburgh.